0: Oh, thank you for tuning in to the 267th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting app or platform you'd be listening to me via. Gonna have a great show for all you guys today. Going to have my brother, Scotty Johnson, on. We are going to unveil our top 10, uh, his top 10, my top 10 for our NBA MVP ballots. Also, we'll get into some fun NBA trade stuff, some fun NBA uh, movement stuff, uh, free agent signings that some contenders could do as well. We'll talk about that as well. Scotty's a big NBA fan, Uh, but before we get to Scotty, I want to stop everybody right here, right now. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to say thank you, but what I'm going to ask you to do is share this podcast with your friends and your family. Share this on your Facebook groups. Share this on your Reddit message boards. Uh, Send email blasts. Share it to friends, colleagues, coworkers, and everyone alike who you know uh, would enjoy content about the NBA, the NFL, and college football because we're putting out content on those three things, specifically uh, three days a week and some really damn good content, in my opinion. Also, what I will say is this. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, just type in Daryl Lane. You will be able to find my Syndicate podcast outside the shop. Also, you will be able to see five or ten minute clips from this very podcast on there as well. And lastly, uh, if you have Apple or you have iTunes, Leave a five star review. It's really not that hard. Leave a five star review. And for some odd reason, if you don't like my podcast, it's like, how the hell could that happen? Then take a page from what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And without ado, kind coming of next after the break on Barber Show Sports. We're going to get to Scotty Johnson. Come kind of next after the break. So oh, we're back with Barberchat Sports Talk, and we have my brother, Scotty Johnson, with us. Scotty, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great, buddy. How are you?
0: I am doing fantastic. So let's get into this. Uh, I got a lot of good stuff planned for us today. But first, let's start with this. So I got you some homework. Top 10 MVPs. Uh, so 1 through 10. or oh, actually, what we can do this. We, we, we can go 10 through 1 in this case, as a build-up all, all the way up to one. Uh, and I just thought this would be interesting because we're kind of at the halfway mark. NBA All-Star uh, just got done, uh, and we can kind of get into, like, as we get towards the push of, you know, the trade deadlines coming up and then the postseason, uh, who, who who are the top people if we were to have a top-10 MVP ballot? Now, that was kind of my mindset about this. So first, guy, I do want to ask you, like, when as you're making this list, is there anything that stood out to you?
1: I was making the list. Um, yeah, I have uh, two centers in my list. I'm gonna tell you who they are, but I'm not gonna tell you where I got. I got the Joker and MVP, and like, only reason why I wanted to point that out is because like, I think it's it's, it's been a long time since centers like have like a legit chance. Like, it's not just one center, it's usually one center, but like there's two centers that have like that have an MVP caliber Obviously, Embiid's team is better than Jokers, but Jokers' team is not that, not that bad either, so I think that was the biggest thing, like, the centers are definitely, like, coming back, because, you know, it's that, it's that narrative that
0: the Big is dying out. Yeah, and obviously, it's really too interesting, too, and I do want to talk about this really quickly. The Big has just evolved, because, I, I mean, now we're not seeing guys like Shaquille O'Neal and Elijah Olajuwon and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar... <laughs> Shaq with his power, Akeem with his post moves, Dream Shake. You have Kareem with the sky hook. Uh, you, you're not seeing that anymore. You're seeing Joker, who's seven foot, and who's dribbling the ball up the court and initiating offense. And he's averaging like nine assists a game. And then you have Joel Embiid, who's doing drop steps, and who's shooting threes, and who's taking guys off the dribble and getting to the hole as a big man. And then you also have another guy named Anthony Davis, who won't be in either of our rankings, I assume, because he's hurt. But he's another kind of maybe half big, where, where you see all the unique stuff he can do. Uh, you know, Rudy Gobert is a guy that's a little bit more traditional. But, I mean, even if you look at DeAndre Aiden too, like like the type of stuff that he can do with his athleticism, like the big is kind of changing and evolving. I don't think it's ever going to go away. I just think it's that these guys, they're going to have more skills and they're going to be able to do different things.
1: Yeah, I agree, but that's the, you know, that's the narrative they threw out there. The, you know, mainstream
0: media. <laughs> that, that is true. By the way, can Joel Embiid be better than Shaq?
1: Probably not. I don't think any of these bigs, unless they come out and win, like, they ain't got a 3 P, but they got to at least, like, either go back to -to back-to-back finals or at least win two finals, like, out of three in three years. We ain't got a 3 P like how Shaq did, but to be on Shaq's level, and Shaq was an MVP, so, like, that's what made Shaq different. Shaq actually, like, won, so I don't think we ever did like Shaq, especially, like you said, by the way the bigs are changing nowadays, like, they're not banging down there no more. Unless, like, you get, like, somebody just out of nowhere finds a seven-foot-three, 300-pound half. And, like, I feel like that's yeah. we're not going to see that for a long time.
0: So let's start at number 10. Uh, who do you have?
1: Okay, don't kill me on this. Now, I know we take one into consideration, but you know how I am with individual awards. So, I take Zach Levine.
0: Oh, Scotty. Really. Scotty. Scotty! What? You, you, you're killing me, my brother. You, you, you're killing me. Bruh, Zach Levine's actually
1: having a great year. Bruh. Almost averaging 30, five rebounds, five assists. Now, I think most of the, some of those went high. Some of the, the point average went high, so... He was averaging like around like 25 last year, so he's averaging 30 this year. I just feel like he just what hinders him is that he doesn't have the team. He doesn't have the team around him. Because to win, you also need a great team. You can't. I don't care what anybody says. You can't. You know, especially nowadays how teams are stacking up with each other. You need a great team to win. So I feel like what hinders him is he doesn't have a lot of great talent around him. But, but as an individual, Zach Levine has been on a tear, and he's been on a tear. I just feel like this year, like he's just not getting the respect. He
0: deserves. So I got him at So for me at ten, I'm gonna go with Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. Now first, you, now now first, you guys might say he's only averaging 14 points per game, but he's also getting you, giving you 13 boards as well. Uh, he is. Uh-huh. It's either him or Ben Simmons for Defensive Player of the Year so far. Would you agree with that? Maybe Joel Embiid. Can, huh? No, so I definitely agree. Maybe you can bid Joel, but but I I think Rudy's in that conversation with Ben for, for Defensive Player of the Year. He's already been a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, Utah, they are 27-7. and 7. They have the best record in the NBA. They have one of the best defenses in the NBA. And I think uh, a lot of that does have to do with Google Gobert uh, and what he does and how he covers for people. The Ingles, the Donovan Mitchells, the Mike Conleys. I think it does start with Gobert. And I think also analytically, he, uh, he favors out really well, uh, too. Uh, and I think Utah does deserve some respect. They do deserve some shine because you can't tell me that you can't have a top 10 most valuable player in the NBA, but your team has the best record in the NBA by a decent margin, by like two or three games. Like, you can't tell me that. Like, there is some impact that is going on, so I put Rudy Gobert at number 10. Okay, so let me just ask you one thing about
1: that, bro. Okay. So, like, you, so... Basically, because they give out the MVP at the end of the at the end of the season, right? Correct. So, we just take it that regular season. I feel like right, that team, they don't have, like, no standout. Standout out this player. That's just because they're winning. Not It's not just because of one person. It's totally one person. Like, they have a solid all-around team. That's just what they team though. If it was like a team like the Clippers or like maybe LA or like even like Portland, just to throw that out there, just speaking hypothetically, like, I feel like like those like their like those teams I just named, like their best players would be like more like thought about because they're having great individual seasons games. outside of Gobert and Mitch, like no like and even them and they not they're not even having like great like to where it's like, oh my gosh, you know what I'm saying? They're just winning. And like certain teams, just gotta prove it, bro. Like they just want they just can't have to prove it, but that's all. Yeah.
0: So do you who do you have at number
1: nine? Uh number nine I got uh, my point guard from the Brooklyn Nets and I ain't talking about James Harden. I got Kyrie Irving. I feel like um Kyrie doesn't get like that MVP talk because of like the whole like how the way he's viewed as like a a second option, but he's been their leading scorer like ever since like KD got hurt. So averaging the same points around like, around like exactly game, about like 27, 28. So that's almost 30 a game. It was a stretch after the beginning of the season where him and KD were the top five. They're like top 10 in scoring. Top five for real, for real. KD was leading the league in scoring. The Kyrie was like number five, maybe number six. So like they're both like, he's not, you know, He's been their vocal leader, too. So, like, that's like a big, you know. Uh, the defense got a little bit better, too, as, as well. You probably not going to see that in numbers, but just, like, giving the eye test of what you see on the court. He definitely gives a little bit more effort on defense than my team in years. But He stepped up, and, like, I feel like he. Brooklyn, they don't. I feel like the media, I ain't going to say Brooklyn, I feel like the media don't give him, like, like, credit. Like, so they give it more like to KD and Harden.
0: So for me at number nine, guess who I have a number nine? Scotty, you're not gonna like this. You, I I know you're not gonna like this because I know you, Scotty. James Harden. Chris Paul. The Phoenix Suns have a top five defense. Uh, A lot of that has to do with Chris Paul. He's still one of the better defensive point guards in the NBA. He is the leader of the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are quietly the third seed in the Western Conference right now. I think they might be the two. I think they might be ahead of L.A. right now, actually. I think they might be the two seed. Chris Paul. Where was Phoenix before Chris Paul? Please, Please somebody explain to me. Where was Oklahoma City before, I mean, they go in they're better with Chris Paul than they were with Russell Westbrook. They come in now. He's made the the Phoenix Suns a dark horse contender for the NBA championship. I also think a lot of Devin Booker's growth and development has been due to Chris Paul. We can debate that Chris Paul is the best player on this team, but in terms of his value as a player, as his leader, as his presence, what he does on the court, I think it's invaluable. And I think he's ninth on my list. I know he's ninth on my list. (laughs) <laughs> so that is what we're on, Scotty. That is what we're on. We're on we're on some respect for C P three. He just makes teams
1: no disrespect to C P three. I just feel like well, first of all, as far as OKC, he ain't do no better than Russell Westbrook. Got him to the first round,
0: so I mean they went seven with Houston. That's Russell
1: Westbrook went five with Houston. That's not a big that's not much a big difference.
0: That's two more games.
1: That's still been
0: first round. And he had a better record. They had a way better record. But they still got to the... No, they got to, they got to and with the, the worst team. The result was the
1: same. Is what, that's all I'm saying. The result was the same. But as far as Phoenix, Phoenix was already on the rise, bro. Like, if it wasn't for the bubble. They could have in the playoffs last year. Like, that was a possibility. It went 8-0 in the bubble.
0: They would have got swept by the Lakers.
1: So, and as far as, like, you know, like, the only thing I agree with with Chris Paul, but it's just his impact on the court, like, and in the locker room. Like, you can't, you can't deny that. Like, he still got the impact he got on the court and in the locker room, for sure. MVP, I don't know. That's a stretch.
0: Who do you have at number eight?
1: Okay, I don't know how you feel about it. He probably did in your top five, but he
0: wasn't in my top five. Luca Doncic. Oh, Scotty. L- Luca wasn't in my top ten.
1: Nah, the only reason why I got Luca in my top ten is because he was in M V P talk last year. Or like or like he was projected to be in M V P talk this year. And I feel like he would have been, but with Henderson them is you know how people you know they like people nitpick like what they you know what they consider to be MVP caliber and um Dallas you know they they kind of under, underachieving so far not saying that they came out you know turning around because they still got time to turn it around but so far people I feel like most people would, would agree that they have like a, a um, underachieving season so far the Lucas individual players really been the same like last year. Yeah, has was around the same numbers, the same twenty eight, eight and eight, same LeBron under, so he's still getting he's still a walking triple double. The only thing with Luca is the team him it's the team. Yeah. I the think shooting. they're the
0: eighth seed right now, actually. I think they're the eighth seed right now.
1: And the shooting. Like he he he's not a great shooter, but he's a great shot taker, that makes sense. like he does like he's not afraid to take the big shot, even if he's not hit. But he's like the shooters that they're like not the best
0: analytically, so. But numbers don't lie. It's hard to average 28 and really, 8 as a 22 year old, so that's why I got a bad number eight on my list. For me, I have Kawhi Leonard at number 8. Um, the Clippers have been, and I feel like we're talking about the Clippers less because of obviously how they flamed out. I think we're all not as high on the Clippers as we once were, but they've quietly been like one of the best teams in the NBA, Scotty. Like they've quietly. Kawhi, he's still suffocating on the defensive end. He still uh, can be an elite level defender. Uh, This year he's giving you 26. He's giving you six rebounds and he's giving you five assists. He's shooting like 48% from the field. Cause I'm looking this up exactly what he's shooting from the field. Uh, no, he's shooting 51% from the field. Excuse me. 30, 51% from the field, he's giving you, He's shooting 38% uh, from three. Uh, so just highly efficient. He's playing more. Uh, and the Clippers are a top four seed in a kind of crammed up west. They're a top four seed in a crammed up west where they can finish anyone from four to two. And I think nobody's talking about Kawhi because his numbers aren't necessarily it's not MVP, MVP numbers, but the impact is there. And he's still, like, one of the best players in the NBA. I, I just feel like people have been underrating what he's doing. So Kawhi, for me, at number eight.
1: Okay. I, I can't argue with that. I agree with Kawhi. They're definitely having to, like, and that's because I feel like they're having a better season, too, like, because of how the ways, like, they're going about it. Last year, they did, I feel like they didn't go about it the right way. So, credit to them. I don't know how you feel
0: about this one. I got James Harden. I got the
1: beard. We don't have an issue.
0: No issue. No issue.
1: Okay, there we go. See, see, on the same page. Um, I got the beard because not only did like you know he had his little thing in Houston,
0: which people thought he was out of shape, he still came. He was out of shape. He
1: still came out and dropped thirty like it wasn't nothing. So. Whether he was in shape or not, he was still the same James Arden. So he goes to Brooklyn, becomes their point guard, essential, you know, central ball handler. Leading the league in assists, averaging about eight nine rebounds, averaging twenty six. The numbers—he's not too much of a scoring, though, because he has KD and Kyrie. Like he's actually taking more of a back seat. If you go like like impact the numbers wise, I'm not gonna say number wise, but as far as impact on the court and scoring. KD and Kyrie are literally one and two. He's been the third. But you know how, like, the narrative has been is KD, James R, and Kyrie. But I always say it's KD, Kyrie, and James R. But that's just me. But even by him doing that, though, like, that goes to show you how he's unselfish. The people say he was a ball hog, and some people said he was a ball hog, and he was, saying, not saying we said it, but some people, like, actually thought that. Even though he was, we, like, still averaging double-digit assists some of those years. So I don't know where that came from. And, like, that, just, that takes a lot. That takes a lot of character and a lot of unselfishness and a lot of willingness to, to sacrifice for your teammates. So I think that goes, like, unnoticed.
0: So that's why he's 7 Yeah, and I do want to say this because I think this is really, really, really important. Uh, to me, and I don't know how you feel about And also, I will say this. James Harden is my 7 as well, Scotty. Uh, he was my 7 as well. And that's why I completely agree with you. But to me, James Harden at no point can be top three, and the top three will get invited to the NBA award ceremony or whatever they do, where the three, you know, last year, it was, uh, I think it, it was Harden, uh, LeBron, and Giannis, like, like, it can't, Harden can't be in the top three, and here's why, because of what happened in Houston. To me, you cannot quit on your team like he did. Now, not for the purposes of this, he can be seven, that's fine, maybe he can be in top five, but to me, you can't reward him of being in the top three. To me, once you do that, like, you're done for the year. Like, take a break. Because you can't be an MVP and you, you do what he did. That's not what an MVP does. Like, an MVP is supposed to uplift people, not uh, burn it to the ground uh, and say, F you. Uh, now, in terms of what he's doing with Brooklyn, it is good. He has sacrificed probably the most out of anybody here. Uh, he's leading the NBA in assists. Like you said, he's been kind of their point guard, managing things, orchestrating the show. And as Kevin Durant's been out, him and Kyrie have just taken over. in Brooklyn, my God, Brooklyn's the, like the number one seed in the East now. They're, they're catching up to Philly. Uh, so so I think that's also really important When you look at it uh, But James Harden can't be in the top 5 I don't know how you feel about that But he can't be top 3
1: No I agree But it's not because of Houston It's not because of how the way he did it It's just the fact that That like he's playing like He's playing with First of all Like two other great talents. And really I just feel like Individually He's not having a better season Than the people I have in my top 5 like, I don't blame him, like, on how the way the Houston thing went out because the numbers are still there, like, numbers are still there. People were calling him out of shape. And he still, you wouldn't even be able to tell. Complain, you know what I mean? So that's the, only, that's the only part I disagree on. But I do agree, like, as far as him not being in the top three, though, for sure.
0: So who do you have at number six?
1: Um, At number six, I got the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Average him around, like, 29 and 11. His his numbers pretty much like for the past like three seasons has fairly been the same. Like as far as like points, rebounds, assists, even field goal. Like they the field goal percentage were up too, but it's not it's not really that much. They can go like from fifty five and like the sixty and like back to like lower fifty. So that's that's pretty much the same. He is like the only I think out of three players to average at least 25, 25 points. 10 rebounds, 5 assists,
0: one block, and one steal in a single season. Can you name the other two players to do that? I cannot. So say
1: say it again. Wait, say this stat again. He's the um, I have one out of three players to average at least 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, one block, and
0: one steal in one season. Oh, like Le- is LeBron on that list?
1: Surprisingly, no.
0: Is Kevin Durant on that list? No, they're old school players. Scotty Pippen. Nope. What the goddamn? Ma- Magic Johnson? No, Magic Johnson nope. never twenty five. Who? G- give me one. Give me one.
1: I will give you one. One of them is Kareem. Hakeem. No. Shaq. No.
0: Patrick Ewing.
1: No. I'm well,
0: surprised too. This
1: your boy? Michael? No, the other one. Bill Russell? No. Kobe. The other one. We we were just talking about him. Nope. Every time we talk about this well, we always compare him to Luka. Oh, Bird. Yep. Larry Bird and Kareem are like the only other two players to do, this, to do so. And Yada did it twice. So on that list, he's like, he's on there twice. So that's like, that's something special. And he's like, you know, granting MVP and defensive player of the year, he's a person that, whose impact on the court is undeniable. Like when he's on the court, you're going to feel his presence. And his team is winning and they're a championship contending team so hopefully you know like hopefully they can you know he can eventually get over that hump and become a champion because Giannis has almost everything now he was just named all-star MVP over the weekend he has two regular season MVPs as a defensive player of the year all NBA first teams all he's missing is literally a championship and a finals MVP
0: yeah, and right now the Bucks are, and this will go into my six. My six is Giannis. Uh, to me, Giannis is a sleeper. Uh, and it's really interesting. Giannis is having, like, if Giannis wasn't a two-time MVP, Scotty, I dare say he has a path to be MVP again. Because if you think about it, the Bucks are right now at 22 and 14. It wouldn't be, right now the Nets, and the Sixers are ahead of them in the East at 24 and 12 Sixers, respectively, and 24 and 13 uh, Nets. Milwaukee could end up being the one seed. Like that could happen. And, and then if you look at Giannis' numbers, what they're going to end up being, they're going to be miraculous again. Like, like I mean, he's he's giving you, like, like, what's he doing here? He's giving you 29, 12, and six. He's which is insane. And he's giving and he's shooting 55 percent, goddamn, almost 56 percent shooting from the field. Like. And, and also people still don't talk about he's one defensive player of the year. He's one of the best health defenders in the NBA just because of his length, his size, his quickness, his recovery speed. Like, like one of the best health defenders, not even close. So to, to me, like the only reason he's not in this in this top five, in this top three discussion is because he's already done it. But yeah, Gian, Giannis is having another great year. Another great and it's a year that's being underappreciated because it's like we, we we've seen like the levels to Giannis. And I think it's also kind of voter fatigue how we got how we got it with LeBron, and I think it's also due to the fact that we we saw him meltdown in the playoffs, and and I think people struggle with the fact that we we see how he struggles against guys like Jimmy Butler and Bam. So how can he be the MVP of the league?
1: Right, I agree. I agree on the. Um, I think we got like voters, like what you call it, because. That's, that's really one of the reasons why I didn't have him on top five. He already had, like, two MVPs back-to-back.
0: If it wasn't for, like, you said, like, how the way the season is, I really feel like he'd be a, he'd be a top five or a third one. But. Like, he's having better, like, and we're probably, you're probably going to have Stephen. But, like, if you're being honest, if we take the MVPs aside, why can't he be in the LeBron and B-tier? Like, like Seriously. What is he, like, if the Bucks finish with the best record of the NBA, like, why shouldn't he? You know what I mean? Like, why shouldn't he be top three? Mm-hmm. But this goes back to what you said,
1: though. It's just, you know, it's just we tired, tired of seeing the same one. They don't want to see the third and be, you know, not what people want to see, which is understandable. But one thing I just wanted to point out, too, though, that I ain't pointed point out is that his jumper has definitely gotten better. And he's shooting a better three-point percentage than last year. So the jumper definitely improved. So he improved the jumper. So he worked on some of the matches. You know what I'm saying? Not just the summer, but like just during that off-season time. So the credit to him for that, too.
0: So at number five, who do you have? I got your boy. I got the Joker. Oh. Yokees, that's your guy.
1: I got the Joker. Um, you know how... I, when it comes to like the himmler B debate, I always go with M B, but I've, I've always been a fan of the Joker, averaging almost, as a sinner, you almost almost in a triple double like that. I feel like because of Russell Westbrook and LeBron, like the whole triple double thing is starting to become like, it's starting to become, I don't want to say common, but it's not as like, it's not as uncommon as it used to be now. Like the only thing that makes the Joker's case so, so interesting is that he's a sinner. This man's a seven foot point, literally a seven foot point guard. But he used to be a point guard before he got his jump support. So that's where like the court vision and the the IQ come from. So he already got an understanding of where people should be at. You know what I'm saying? How to make certain passes. Know when you know where certain guards are going to be at. Know when to make an outlet pass. You know what I mean? Like he has like the point guard IQ. It's just he's taller and bigger. And he's averaging about twenty, almost averaging thirty. Like he's having to me, this is like the best I've seen the Joker. People would say last year, but per, me personally, this is like the best that I've seen him. As far as like just take on that mantle of being like that that guy. Like I feel like what hindered Denver, I mean Denver, but hindered what hindered Hinder Denver last season and the season before that is that it was it was even him and Murray. This season is it's him. Like it's all him. Like everything centers around him. And he had, a, I think, he had a fifty point game this year too. So I get I, his team may not be winning how they were last year, or the season, or maybe like the season before that. But they're still a playoff contending team, and they're still winning games. So I got him at five.
0: Isn't it crazy that we saw a point guard average ten rebounds a game? It's crazy, right? And and, th- and now we're seeing a center average ten assists a game. Basically, what's more surprising?
1: me, was more surprising if the center average 10 assists because the center is typically the primary ball handler and setting up plays to put people in positions for. Usually, the center had to be set up by the other point, like by another guard, to you know to set up and put in position to handle business. So, I feel like him averaging 10 assists is more like impressive.
0: You know, it's also crazy. Joel Embiid... Rudy Gobert finished ahead of Joel Embiid on the All-NBA voting last year.
1: It to show you what people
0: really know about Hoops. And like <laughs> you, you know Embiid was mad, right? He came up to Jackie McMullen, and he was like, I- I'm effing up the league now. He, he was pissed. Because I can understand
1: why people feel some type of way about Rudy Gobert, man, because he, outside of...
0: You remind me of DeAndre Jordan, bro. Like outside of him
1: doing pick and rolls and getting rebounds off second chance points, he has no offensive skill.
0: He's a hell of a defender though. That's it. That's it. I mean know, it's, it's like okay, I mean Dennis Robinson Hall of Famer because he's a great defense. It's only defense. It's only like one half of the court. Only. Robbins
1: also averaged thirteen rebounds in his season. So Bear doesn't even barely average
0: double digit rebounds. No. He's averaging rebounds. He's averaging thirteen. He's giving you thirteen boards this year. This year, this year, thirteen. He's not giving you that this year. That's why he's number ten on my list, giving, he, Scottie, giving you, Scotty. Yes, he is. Now I'm going to get to my five. <laughs> Stephen Curry, the light skin assassin. This is and this is also interesting about Steph's year. His year is arguably better than the MVP year, and you remember the MVP year as a Cavs fan when the Cavs came back from down three-one. I mean, we still don't no, know how which, which
1: which MVP year—the first
0: one or the second one. Both. <laughs> I think statistically, like like because well, let's look at this. So his first MVP year was fourteen fifteen, right? It was it was the 14, 15, It was fourteen fifteen. He was twenty-four seven and four he was 24 points seven assists i'll uh, seven points so eight assists eight assists and 4.3 rebounds right now he's at 30 points 6.3 assists and five rebounds so social so just a better year his mvp year was 30 uh six uh seven seven assists and five rebounds this year it's 30 points uh, five rebounds uh, and six assists. So so really, it's basically the same year. He's playing almost like the same caliber of player as he was in, in the 2016 year when we were when people were saying he was better than LeBron James. Now the Warriors, they're on the outside looking in in terms of the West playoffs right now. Uh, and, you know, there's been a lot of things. Wiseman's a rookie. He's having to have a big role of the team. They don't have Clay, obviously. What Steph is doing to carry this team is spectacular. But uh, that's why Steph's at five for me.
1: Yeah, I mean that MVP season was special, bro. He sat out in twenty-five fourth quarters. That's like almost a quarter of the season where he didn't play in fourth quarters. So that's that's crazy too. But I I can't I can't I can't knock you for having a five. That's 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 understandable because because only because the way the position. Where his team is at, I feel like if they was top five, top four, he'd definitely be front runner for sure. Because you know the media loves Steph Curry, so like you can't like you can't knock him. But he's averaging, he's having an amazing season. I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like that's him and Kyrie are probably like my two favorite people to watch, like to watch on TV.
0: Oh, I, th- I thought it would have been Rudy.
1: I know what I'm gonna get. I don't know what I'm gonna
0: get when I watch Kyrie Oh, you, but when you get Rudy, you know you're gonna see good hard picks. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Scotty's like a hard a roll with a dunk and a
0: layup. Yeah. So who do you have at number
1: four? Uh, number four, I got you
0: know that boy from Portland, Portland Trail
1: Blazers, Dame Dallas, Dame Willis. Um, you know they're they they have their, as a team, they haven't been having the best season, but individually, Damian Lillard has been sensational. Like you can't, oh my gosh, thirty eight. Just lost two of his best players, his second option and his third option, and his team is like top. They they're a playoff contending team, bro. Like I get, I always get credit when credit is due. To me, Kyrie, you know, high end like, when it comes to having the Kyrie and Damian Little debate or who's the best point guard or. You know who's out in the third, but I, I literally love Names of the bro. Like, he's a dog, and he, he goes hard for you. And even, like, as far as him shooting threes, I feel like he's going to go down as an underrated shooter. Like, we're not going to give him his, his credit as a jump shooter till it's all I said and done. So that's why I got him at four. Could have easily been top three.
0: Is he a poor man's stuff?
1: Um... I ain't gonna say he's a poor man, Steph. I feel like they're different because Steph doesn't have the athletic ability that Dame Lillard. Does. So, like when it comes and when it comes to shooting, I don't know if you noticed, but when you when you ever see them shoot, Dame Lillard loses all arm muscles with his shooting mechanics. So it's just all arm muscles. With Steph. It's like he got to push it because he doesn't have the arm strength that like some people have. Only thing is when Steph shoots, bro. You Probably, though, you, to me, when I watch Steph and Dane like, shoot those half-quarter shots, bro, when I'm watching Dane take him, I'm more confident when Dane take him. Like, that is going in. When Steph take him, he be, he be leaning, he be off balance, and he be hitting him. Like, that's what makes it so crazy. Bro. You wouldn't even think that's going in, and it goes in, and it's like, wow. So, I wouldn't say he's a poor man, Steph. I just say he's just not – I feel like Steph's just not as athletic as he is as a scorer, as like an all-around scorer, I feel like Dame is better, but Steph is just overall a better shooter.
0: So for me at four, I'm going to go with Damian Lillard as well. Special. Uh, Houston, I'm uh, assuming the Portland Trailblazers, they are the fifth seed in the Western Conference right now. Uh, without uh, their starting center and their starting shooting guard losing two, their second and third best player, and Dame kind of just took this team on his back. He's giving you thirty and he's giving you eight, just dropping buckets, making clutch shots over and over to get, keep Portland in this thing in a really tough Western Conference. Um, and we see guys, and I'm going to mention his name and call him out, Luka Doncic, who's kind of whose team is now the AC now, but you know they were a team that we had a lot of high expectations for. And 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 when, when Dame when CJ and Nurchich and all these guys got hurt, we were like, is Portland gonna fall out the playoffs? And Dame put on his Superman cape and said, No. The Dame is an automatic postseason berth. And to me, that's some MVP votes, because not a lot of dudes can say that in this league. He is an automatic postseason birth. And that's special. Oh, you know, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, me and Scotty are going to unveil our top three. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We still have Scotty Johnson with us. So, Scotty, top three. You go. Who is your third?
1: You already know. I got the kid from Akron, LeBron
0: James. Oh, that is so disrespectful. How do you have him at three? He probably would have been second if it wasn't for, like, that little
1: reason. But I got him at three, though, because LeBron don't need no more MVPs. It's just he's, like I said about Giannis. Certain players are going to get their stats, their numbers, like, then there's nothing you can do about it. Like, LeBron is literally a walking 25, 8 and 8. Like, legit. Like, I'm going to give you this crazy stat. LeBron has averaged at least 25 points, five rebounds, and five assists in 15 different seasons. He played 18 seasons, by the way. So, that's the majority, more than the majority of the time he played in the league. The next, like, most such season is eight bruh. Like he did it in 15 seasons. The next most after that is eight and that's Oscar Robertson. So he got that by far, like by far. And there's three other players to do it, to do it five more times and do it five more times. But that's a crazy stat bruh. To average five, five five assists in 15 different seasons. And you still doing it at thirty six. If he was the M V P at thirty six, bro, mind you, he's still averaging twenty six, eight, and eight. Like that's basically like his career average. So I, it's crazy, bro. This is history in the making, but I don't think we're never gonna see a player do it how the way he did it, as far as like being like his body build, how he handles himself, being a pass person, but still is gonna go down as a one of the top, sco- top two scores on all time, which are a pass-first player, elite scorer. And the Lakers, they're probably going to repeat this year. So this MVP don't matter to LeBron, but uh, that's why he's third on my list, because he, he's going, it's
0: So, for me in number three, I'm going to go with Nikola Jokic, the Joker. The Joker is having, like, like like Scott, I just want to read these stats out to you. Like like how crazy. And, and the only reason to me why this isn't really becoming Joel Embiid versus Jokic for the MVP is because the the, the Nuggets are underperforming this year, as I look at this really quickly cool, like what's their what's what's their standings in the West? The, the the Nuggets are the sixth seed right now. They have the same record as Portland. That, that, that should not be the case. Uh with all the players Portland has out. Like if for example, if Denver is having the season Utah's having. To me, Jokic is the MVP right now. He's the leader. Like, like, like. Scott, I, I just want to read these stats out to you. And for everybody listening, I, I just think this is amazing. And this is how s- truly special the Joker is. He's giving you 27. He's giving you 27 points. He's giving you 11 rebounds. He's giving you 8.6 assists. And then the efficiency. The efficiency is what is so special about this. He's shooting 57% from the field. He is shooting 42% from three. And he's shooting... 88% from the free throw line. That's amazing. We're talking about a freaking center, Scotty. That's amazing. It is. That's great. That's center. That's great. I, ain't even I can argue that. That's great. Sure. He's, he's almost a 50-40-90 guy. That's <laughs> That's crazy. And he's averaging 8.6 assists. Like, and he's giving you 27. I don't even think of Jokic as a 27-point scorer type of guy. But he's doing, like, like, what he's doing is special. Like, what he's doing is special. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal. And the NBA is in good hands with him and Embiid. Uh, and truthfully, if Denver goes on a run where they start competing for a top-four seed, I think you're really start, starting to have to take Joker seriously in this. I
1: agree. If they end up being top-four, it's a definitely the legit shot. You can get it for sure.
0: So, who's your two? My two? Who's your second? Oh, man,
1: shaky. I got Joel Embiid. Man, like, you, you know, me and you always had these debates with Joker and Embiid. And Embiid and is averaging 30. You talk about 50, 40, 90. He's almost a 50, 40, 90, too. The only thing he doesn't have is the freak percentage. He He's at 85. But as far as like three points, he had forty-one, and like field goal, he had fifty-two. So the only thing I feel like Embiid doesn't have on Jokic is it, just the playmaking. Other than that, Embiid can do everything as the center Joker, Joker can do, if not better, especially on defense. Like Embiid isn't afraid of like the big moment. Joker isn't either. Though I give credit to him on that. Joker isn't either. But as far as like Embiid averaging thirty averaging 12, three-point percentages up, and then it's the eye that they're like, you ever watch him play, right he play like a big guard, like he be hitting step backs, jab step, fade, like he does it all, man, and his little stretch that he had from January, Fe- February stretch was something like to remember, so I feel like and he's like one of the centers that brought back kind of the, that, a center being like in that conversation for NPP because Last time a
0: center, like a legit center, was a contender for winning MVP. I want to say, but it was Shaq. I don't even think Dwight was ever considered that. Dwight finished second in the MVP voting the Derrick Rose year. The LeBron. When Derrick Rose won MVP, LeBron made his decision to go to South Beach. Dwight Howard finished second in the MVP voting. And also, if you want to count Anthony Davis as a big, uh, one year he got third.
1: Nah I don't count like as at the true center. But he okay. he don't even count himself as a true center. Okay. But if that's the case, Eric you were for powerful in the center just a big, but
0: I feel like Well Dwight Howard did finish second. Dwight Howard finished second in the MVP voting in twenty eleven. In twenty
1: eleven. Yeah. That's because the only reason, that's because LeBron made his decision.
0: Yeah, him and D like, because Kobe was older, him and D. Wade kinda cancelled each other out.
1: Joe Embiid, Joe Libby became the third player since the merger of the NBA and the ABA to average at least 27-13. There's only two other players to do that, bruh. Right? That's Shaq and Moses Malone. Shaq did it twice, Moses Malone did it twice. Good company to be in. So, that's right, great company to be in. So, you asked actually um, off-air, did Shaq, I mean, the Embiid have the potential to be better than Shaq? I say no, only because like Shaq was just literally what you call like a once in a lifetime generation of talent.
0: So is Joel Embiid. Nah, nah, you could see another
1: Joel Embiid. I don't think.
0: You think you're gonna see a seven foot two guy do drop steps?
1: Yeah, because that's the that's the that's the direction the league is going. Yeah, you're gonna see more of that in the future.
0: Who can dominate in the post like a I will say this they be weaving common is they're both guys that are considered goofy, but when they take it seriously, you can see how physically different they are. And they're both guys who I don't know how like when Embiid's like thirty five like Shaq, I don't know how it's gonna look. Probably not that great like when Shaq was thirty five. But when they're both in their prime and they're both right and focused, they can dominate the league. That is something I do think they have in common. But they're really fun loving guys.
1: Nah, I see. I can't even say Embiid dominate. Because you gotta think about it, bro. By Shaq's six, seven season, bro, like, the man was just, just different, bro. It was just different, bro. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, the man was just different. And the different is, though, why I say Shaq is better is because Shaq got all most of his points in the paint. Shaq didn't have to shoot three. Joel averaging 30 shooting three. If Joel would have taken as many threes as he would, I don't think he'd be averaging 30, so. I think that's what you gotta look out for too. And like, like we said, bro, more big. This is this is what the modern center is looking like, bro. Seven foot plays back to the basket and face up. More so face up than back to the basket, because that was not gonna be from like a lot of like media basketball critics. that like he didn't play with his back enough back to the basket. So I think Shaq was better on the block, but as overall skill level, I feel like it be better.
0: So for me at number two, and it's going to be really interesting to see who you have number one. I'm kind of confused right now as I'm looking at this. uh, I feel like you're going to say something crazy, Scotty. At number two, I have LeBron James, one of the ten greatest players to ever play the game of basketball. One of the five best players in the NBA right now. He's number two in my MVP voting. The pride of Northeast Ohio. You can't call it Cleveland because Scotty says Cleveland is not Akron and Akron is not Cleveland, folks. Now, Scotty can explain that to you. I mean, I might disagree. Uh, it's both Ohio, but apparently it's not. But LeBron this year is 26. He's giving you eight rebounds per game. He's giving you eight assists a game. I mean, he's 26-8-8, eight and eight, which is freaky at 36 years old. The Los Angeles Lakers are the third seed in the Western Conference. Uh, they have the number one defense in the NBA. I think that's something very important. Uh, who's a guy who's playing 35, 36 minutes, uh, playing some of the highest minutes on the team. They had the best defensive uh, team in the NBA. I think that does speak to what LeBron's doing on that end of the court. They have slid a little bit with Anthony Davis being out. Anthony Davis is one of the five best players in the NBA, Scott, in the beginning of the year. You had Anthony Davis as your number one player in the NBA. So obviously we know what Anthony Davis represents. Maybe LeBron's been tired of running a little bit on gas. But to me, LeBron, second in the MVP voting and will be there at the end. And you want to know what? LeBron might never win another MVP again. But I think it's going to be really interesting. How many second place finishes is this man going to have? Or top three finishes in his career? I think that's going to be really interesting.
1: You know what's crazy, though, also about LeBron, bro? Bro, the man is a pass-first player, but but it's going to finish top two all-time scoring list, bro. That is wild. That is wild, bro. We ain't going to get it like this ever again, bro. Appreciate LeBron while you can.
0: So, I'm, I'm curious, Scotty. Who's number one? No, the... Because as, as I look at this, everybody's gone. Not everybody. Is who? Who is it? Is, is it who I think it is? It is who you
1: think
0: it is. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Scotty? I had to, but uh, from the shooter, but this was biased person like, You
1: know, I played basketball. I grew up as a shooter. You know I had to. You know I had to go with that, that baby face the fast. And the only reason I, I picked him, bruh, I picked Stephen Curry at one, bruh. Forget about what the Warriors are as a team, though, because...
0: They're at the, the playoffs teams, right now, Scotty.
1: That's y'all say forget about it.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. But no, but hear me out, though. Like, you even said it yourself. Like, individually, he's having a season like he had that season. He won his United MVP. Like, the only difference is they're not winning as a team but I remember like that year he became the second player to average 30 with a true shooting percentage of six, 65 65 percent Only other one other player to do so and his name is Adrian Damp we don't even know who that is and like and like to be having a season like that this year when you really don't have anybody where it's literally like this is what people gave Steph to knock on. Can you do this without KD or Clay or Draymond or whoever? And he's doing it, bro. Like 90% from the free throw, 30, 30, 29.7 points. That's almost 30 a game. Six assists because he's scoring more. 56%. Like, bro, for, for every two point percent, field goal percentage, bro. Like, bro. Steph is balling, bro, and it's like I feel like we take him for granted, bro, because it's how the way he plays. Like, yeah, he take a lot of threes. Yeah, he shoot a lot. Most people just say all he does is shoot, but it's like I said, bro. Certain players, they just give you the eye test, bro. Like, it's just what you see on the court, and Steph is definitely one of those players. Like, he's like Cody Bryant. Like, they're difficult shot makers. Like, they can they can make the most difficult shots ever. So. You got to get credit to that man, bro. He's not even, like, people didn't even think he, people, because he was the warrior system so much, but by them not having the right personnel this year, a lot of people thought he wouldn't even have the type of season he had because he didn't have click and the other personnel.
0: So, you got to get credit, man, with credit due. That's all I'm saying. Scotty. Scotty. Come on now, Scotty. Why do you have to do this to me? Why do you why do you have to hurt me like this, Scotty? I knew who your top
1: three was going to be. I already knew. I already knew. As soon as you said you ain't named the joke, I already knew who your top three was going
0: to be. Number one for me is Joel Embiid. Yeah. Number That's one. That pick. That's a good
1: pick.
0: Yeah, Embiid, Sixers' number one record in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they have a really good defense. He is the rim protector. He's the anchor. Right now, if we're talking about Defensive Player of the Year voting, I'd say one Ben Simmons, two Rudy Gobert, three Joel Embiid. Uh, as and as I'm getting at the statistics here, 30 and 11. He, he's almost a 50-40-90 guy, too. And as you stated, he's shooting 52% from the field, 41% from three. Uh uh, obviously, the free throw shooting's not as pretty as Joker, but it's like 85. It's like surprise, surprise, surprise. Oh, it's just not 89 like what Joker is doing right now. Uh, he he is dominant. Uh, number one option. Like like what Embiid's doing is spectacular. Uh, what he's doing game to game and impacting everything, and he's been motivated. And I do want to say this. Scotty, how disrespectful is it on a 1-10 to 10? Rudy Gobert was voted over this man for the All-NBA team? Because I think what happened was it went AD at center, Joker, then Rudy Gobert. How pissed do you think Embiid was when he saw that?
1: Um, highly. Only because of based on how the way he's playing this season. You could tell that that kind of added fuel to the fire. You know what I mean? So, And as you should, though, like, people get mad at these players for being sensitive. But, like, if they weren't sensitive, it, like, as far as, like, that, to the point where, like, where that can make them mad, like, then we might not get, like, these, you know, we might not get that extra, um, you know, like day in the gym or like that extra effort to try to get better. And like they show it, like you see the results. Like they put in the work, like, or like I should take it back. They see what they see, you know, see the result from whatever, whether it be MVP, going defensive player of the year, or NBA voting, whatever the case may be. And then like they come back, you know, the next season you put in the work, then you grind, and you know, you, you see the results. So I think. I think most players, any other player, like that's like on that type of caliber level would have level been mad. But you know, that's what the gym for, bro. You get in the gym and you, you you come back, come back stronger, and you you obviously see it. Like you will see it for sure on the floor. Cause you know how I feel about Rodrigo Baron compared to all the other centers on the league, bro. Like it's not even close. The talent level is not even close, bro.
0: Well, you even said yourself. You even said it yourself that that, that uh, cats way b- in another class, and you said this off the air. Yeah, like as far as
1: like like skills and talent, like yes, like cat is a better player. He's another one that was like Joel. I like, can you know that was a stretch, like one of these new stretch five miles. Turner from Indiana from the Indiana Pacers is the same way. So I remember I was watching the Allen Harrington interview. And they asked him, like, recently, like, you know, what's his take on, like, the NBA recently. And he brought up how, like, centers like that, like, Miles Turner and Cat, like, how they don't even attempt to post up. Like, sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. So, like, I feel like we go build, bruh. I don't know. It's just a lot. I feel like it's a lot of centers that have, like, more talented. Because you, you still got to put the ball in the hoop at the end of the day, bruh. You can't win by not putting the ball in the hoop.
0: So Scotty, what we're gonna do is this, we're gonna take a quick break and then kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're gonna to talk to Scotty about some trade scenarios. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Hello. we're back with Sports Talk and we still have Scotty Johnson with us so really quickly uh, I just want to give you some trades uh, that I've been hearing to the rumor mill that I've been seeing reports of PJ Tucker potentially could be getting traded where do you think he should go if he does for you who's the team that could use PJ <laughs> if I'm PJ I don't know if they can
1: make
0: this happen without giving too much of but i go to
1: Brooklyn <laughs> why Brooklyn <laughs> Because P.J. was most successful with the
0: And Mike D'Antoni's there. Mike D'Antoni's there as well.
1: And Mike D'Antoni. That's even, that's even more of a plus. And, like, by him being, like, they could, they could, I feel like it'll, that small ball with him and Jeff Green, it'll work because P.J.'s not the toughest, not the tallest guy. He's the toughest guy, but he's not the tallest guy. But he can give certain centers a hard time because... A lot of centers don't like, you know, they don't like the aggressiveness, they don't like the roughness, I and mean, that can, like, that can hinder a lot, like, that can definitely change the course of a you know, seven-game series a lot, so, I definitely think he, like, if they could if they could pull it off miraculously, somehow, i would let see him in Brooklyn, just, just, personally,
0: like, just bias, and yeah. I ain't gonna lie. And he's, <laughs> he's a solid three-point shooter, also, the competition, when you look at the Bucs, he's a guy that can, maybe, can guard Giannis for stretches and the LeBron. People said he was a LeBron stopper in Toronto. I would do that. He can he can guard. He he can be somebody on the court in front of LeBron James.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, uh, Lonzo Ball. Should the first of all should the Pelicans be looking to trade Lonzo? That's a good
1: question. Um, that's definitely a good question because I had a debate with um, a friend of mine from OSU was like about Lonzo and Lamelo. It's funny because there's a stat that's around, bro. The Pelicans win more when Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Zion played majority of the game. When all three of them play majority of the game. Like It can't be like one without the other two or two without the other one. Like They win most of the time when all three of them play. And give credit, Lazo has been doing good the past few months. Ever since his name got brought up to trade, rumors I should put. Like, He's definitely been playing more consistent. He's been playing with more confidence since his trade. Since his name got out of the trade, rumors so. I Personally, I don't think they should trade them. But, like, as a, you know, like, if they feel like they got to do that to go in the right direction to win, even though the stats already show, like, they win more than all three of them players. Because I'll try to keep that big three together, Alonzo, um, Brandon Ingram, and Zion. Like, that's, like, a good young quarter, you know, to build off of. So, if I was the Pelicans, I would not trade them. Because I, I would love to keep that young core together. You never know what
0: that can turn into. In t- look at how the Lakers turned out today. I'm sorry. But look at the
1: Lakers, how the way they drafted. They drafted Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, Jordan Clarkson. And I'm missing somebody else, and they're all ball.
0: Yeah, and I do want to say this. Rob Pelinka made all those picks, correct?
1: I don't think all of them. I don't think all of them. But he made a lot of them. We made
0: a lot of them for sure. And, and Rob Palinka will, and you know, Rob Polinka is a guy that's been doing a really good job as the executive, but I think people need to show some respect. Like, these dudes can play.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that have come through the Lakers organization. Even a guy like Clarkson. Clarkson could be six man of the year. He's having like 20 a game right now. And that's
1: what I'm saying. Like, these players, Baldur D. became an all star. Julius Rangel became an all star. Brandon Ingram became an all star. They're not great. You know, they're not, like, i are not saying they're the best players in the league. but they're.
0: Kyle the Kuzma's was guys. a really good player. They found him in the second round.
1: Kyle Kuzma, like, they're great players, bro. Like, that goes to show you that you can't give up on your young talent. So, I'm always for, like, keep the young talent together. Same with Charlotte. I feel like Charlotte's the same way. I feel like they got to find a way to keep LaMelo, Terry there, and Gordon Hayward. If they keep those two together, then they're good. But never give up on the young talent.
0: If Lonzo was traded, where would you like to see him traded? Would New Orleans be a good spot? He
1: uh, traded. I would like to see him in, like, New York. I would definitely want to see him in the East. See him in New York or, like, Orlando somewhere. Like, another young team that likes to run. Something that, like, fits his t- style, you know what I mean? Like, he likes players to run so he can, like, have somebody to throw it to you know, maybe Washington, but nah, because they already got Russell Westbrook. The only team in the East I could see is probably New York, because I ain't going to say where this league is. guard or something. And then anywhere else, like maybe San Antonio, but I don't think he built for that culture.
0: And they have DeJounte Murray and uh, Devin White.
1: I feel like he could see. I could feel like he could start up with Murray because he's a better playmaker. But the thing is, like, it's just Lonzo. He's not built like that. You get what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, Pop would be up on him. I see. How would Pop and Levar work? Be, how would that work?
1: Uh, that'd be crazy. Oh, that's a match made in you know what. But other than that, like, there's too many guards, bro. And Lonzo, I hate to say said, you know, i a big Lonzo fan, but. But him not having that – he doesn't even got to score a lot, but to have that confidence, have that edge over other guards that he should have, he doesn't have, and that contenders him. Because I feel like he could be starting over a lot of point guards. It's just, you know, there's only so many teams that he can go to and still start. A lot of teams, if he goes to a contender team, it's, more than like, it's most likely that he's not going to start. You know what I mean? Like, if he goes to a team – he can't go to a team like Memphis. He can't go to a team like – like Atlanta, even here, like the Cavs, like we got Colin and Barry, like, and they like to run, so it's, 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 it's tricky. Now
0: speaking, like, speaking of the Cavs, Larry Nance Jr. Should they get rid of him or not? I mean, it free up money, you know, we can get some
1: draft picks or something, you know, to free up space. But other than that, like. I feel like we should keep them because we got size and lift, bro. We just don't know how to win, and that just comes from like you know new culture. Like we got new head coaches. We don't even have like a legit head. We do now, but at first, you know, we didn't have like a legit like head coach. So with young talent, just like how New York, just like, that position New York in, and look at them now. Like they're put up a heavy team, all they dollars because they, they got a new coach. So. And they didn't get over on their young talent neither. So I feel like they we should just keep them. But, you know, if you get like a great offer, then jump on it. Don't, you
0: know, don't pass up on a great opportunity. But you don't got to, then don't trade them. Next, Kevin Love. Should the Cavs get rid of Kevin Love finally? He's been in trade rumors for the longest.
1: Yeah, it might as well. Send him down to it, look. Team, that want to man. That's where you want to go. Anyway, you want to go to a championship contender team, whether he plays or not. He just want to, you know, be there for the an experience and the win. So, I feel like we should trade it. We could get some value. We ain't probably gonna get too much for him. But we could get some for him because that's a vet, as a champion. He got a resume. So, I feel like we should. We should have been did that though. Probably the year after Brown Then, where
0: would you like to see Kevin Love go to? Like what team? Mm.
1: Personally, on you know, some J.R. Smith type stuff, I let teams go to the Lakers. and want another one with LeBron. But you know, that's his that's cleveland Clevelandness, you know, Cleveland biasness in there. You know, i that act But other than that, like, because LeBron even said it, like, if he gets traded, he wants to get traded to a championship contender team. So if I'm thinking of all the championship contending teams, that's the Lakers, Utah, the Clippers. Phoenix from the west and then from the east you got you know Brooklyn Milwaukee I'm missing one Brooklyn Milwaukee Philly and yeah, Philly and like I don't see nobody outside them the anything and championship and anything so like outside of that like I really can't like outside in the Lakers like I really don't see him fitting on the team where he could be like a a vocal leader or, like, that vet, excuse me, or, like, that vet that can, you know, rally the team together when, like, they're not at their best, you know, so. Like the Lakers, probably, probably Lakers.
0: And Victor Aladipo, there have been some reports that he could go to the Golden State Warriors, that Houston could trade him. How would you like to see Victor with the Warriors?
1: Oh bad it sound good but I oh, don't know. I like to see him in, in Houston with I would prefer I would prefer to watch him in Houston with John Wall because that's an interesting backcourt. They both came off of, you know, like leg injuries. But even Boogie, they got a center boogie came off of like a major injury like let's see what these young people could do. Because then if you trade them to the Warriors
0: when Clay came back, what you gonna do? Like, you gonna put play, play at three, Victor at three? Have Victor come uh, off the bench. They they wanted Victor to be a Sean Livingston, Victor Aladipo type. Can Victor do that? Yeah, yeah, he can do that. Would he do he that? It sounds like he wants to be a star again. He wants to be that guy that was on the All-NBA team a couple years ago when the Patriots took the Cavs to seven games. He was averaging, like, 25 a game. See, but
1: as far as him, but but... But you asking whether will he, will he willing to do that, I don't know. But I do think he can play like that role. Like, he can be that big man off the bench and eat and ball. Because he a bucket. So, he just has to be willing to do that. But I do think he would. Like, do, like you know, like I do think he would thrive in that, like, Sean Livingston type role.
0: Would he, do you think he would do that, though? Do I think, would he do that? Yeah. not
1: ego,
0: cause it's ego, he a man, he got ego, pride, but, do you think, Victor, no, 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 you think Victor has to give this up and, and be okay being a six man, being a role player, like, it's not working out as a starter, like, he's not the same guy, uh, I
1: think he will be, eventually, but just because you got injuries, and stuff, that don't mean nothing, you still might, I mean, look at Carmelo, he even said, like, about what he was going through, with, um, Houston, and, with Houston and OKC, like, he still felt like he was better than most players in the league anyway so like that's just like I don't think he I don't think he would personally but cause that's just it's just men. he wanted a player style I feel like that once to get his goals
0: accomplished as well Scotty I want to thank you for coming on the podcast man I appreciate it
1: oh yeah no problem but thanks for having me it's always a pleasure
0: and once again I want to thank my brother Scotty Johnson for coming on the podcast. Always appreciate it when Scotty comes on. I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 267th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.